Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you with some numbers dealing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk a little bit about the Steelers' last matchup against the Houston Texans. We'll do an awful lot of looking ahead to the Steelers' upcoming matchup with the Tennessee Titans, although at the time this is being recorded, On Wednesday evening, there is still no word as to exactly when the Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing the Titans in week four. It is believed the Steelers will play in week four. It is also highly believed that it will be on Monday, but there has been no official announcement yet. We don't have an exact time. We don't have an exact channel. We don't know what kind of coverage you're going to be. A lot of people are curious to find out if they're going to be able to see the game or not. There's a possibility of it being on Tuesday, but more than likely it's on Monday. Lots of questions, not many answers. I personally think I could be wrong. By the time you're listening to this, I could already be proven wrong. I personally think that you're going to get an announcement from this game sometime um, in the morning or around noontime on Thursday today that when when this is released because of they'll probably wait for the testing results to come back from Wednesday's covid tests in Tennessee to make sure that there's not that there's not more coming not more issues are going to be dealing with if they come back with everybody testing negative i think they feel that they can move in the proper direction because the last thing they want to do is to spread things more than they need to I know this kind of stinks for the Steelers and their fan base, but personally, I would rather make sure that they have a game at all than the alternative. So we'll get into that a little bit with Tennessee. We're going to basically keep pushing forward, much like the Steelers. They're preparing for the Tennessee Titans. So what are we doing here behind the steel curtain? We're preparing for the Tennessee Titans. We are moving forward with everything that we would, just as if it would be a Monday night game like it normally would be on like let's say it was in week one or what you were going to have later in the season uh when the Steelers take on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati uh which is another night game which I'm trying to think of what week that is that would be week 15 week 15 so let's talk just slightly a little bit about about the Texans then I got a couple questions that have been submitted that I want to talk about and then we'll really dive into how this game with the Tennessee Titans is not the game I expected when I looked at this on the schedule in May or even what I I was expecting at the end of August or the 1st of September before the NFL season started. A lot's changed. Shockingly, a lot has changed. The script has been flipped in my mind of what I expected out of this game. And we're going to look at some of the numbers that back that up. So first, let's go ahead and dive in to this game with the Houston Texans, which was a crazy tale of two halves. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers give up 21 points in the first half, only to come back and to shut out the Texans in the second half. Completely control the ball in the second half. The Texans didn't even get to 10 minutes of time of possession in the second half. The Steelers held the ball for almost 14 more minutes than what the Texans did in the game. That's almost a quarter. That's almost an entire quarter longer that they held the game. A lot of that comes down to uh, controlling the ball on the ground. Steelers had 169 total rushing yards. Houston had 29 
total rushing yards. They hey, they kept trying. They did. They kept trying to run the ball, um, but they just couldn't really get anything going against that Pittsburgh P- Pittsburgh defense. So that's just kind of kind of you know how it worked a little bit. With, with that, with the tail with two halves. Good halftime adjustments um, on the Scobro show. I asked my brother, did the Steelers make the same adjustments if they don't give up that really fast touchdown right before the end of the half? Because that one was extremely disappointing to Steeler fans. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm putting it on Twitter. I'm communicating with other members on staff at Behind the Steel Curtain. And we are just talking about What's good, you know, going into there at the end? Hey, if the Steelers could get the ball and score, you know, field goal would be great, touchdown would be even better. But if they can, they get the ball back to score by the end of the half, and then they get the ball come back at a halftime. Oh, what a great scenario! Well, they did, and they scored, and they scored a little bit, probably too quickly because they gave the ball back to Houston with a minute 14. But even with a minute 14 our own Jeffrey Benedict saying, now the defense is going to step up here and get a stop. Boy, were we wrong. How about 75 yards in five plays in 50 seconds? Steelers still had 24 seconds and two timeouts. I thought maybe they would at least try to run a draw or something. They took a knee, went into the half trailing by three. But that drive right there, those five plays that led to that touchdown for the Steelers to be trailing at halftime was actually might have really changed a lot more than what we we think it might not have. It's hard to say. We don't know what the discussion was at halftime, but they definitely the Steelers definitely made some adjustments and um, and then came out and and the defense basically basically shut them down in the second half. The the only time the Texans crossed half field or half field <laughs> crossed midfield in the second half. There we go. Now I got my words together in the right order. Was um was when it ended in the, in the Mike Hilton interception. So that was the only time the Texans made it made it across midfield. And I'm pretty sure I'm trying to find out exactly what yard line uh, were they at. They were, they were snapping it from the Pittsburgh 43. So they were just across midfield. Um, and it was on a third and 15. So if they, even if he doesn't intercept it, the Texans weren't going to be getting points out of that drive. They weren't going to, if it would have fallen incomplete, they were going to have to punt and, uh, and give it back to, back to Pittsburgh anyway. So they basically gained a little bit of field position with that interception. And of course, notch up another takeaway for the defense, which is up to five on the season. That was the only takeaway in the game. The only turnover by either team. The streak is over for the Steelers. Moving on. Don't even have to talk about that anymore. We get to talk about the really good streak, the sack streak, which has been misreported in a lot of places. This, you know, that's one thing I like to do. I like to look up a lot of stats and figure out a lot of things. And there's a lot of places talking about how the Steelers are now tied for the second longest streak um, of consecutive sacks in a season, not in a season, consecutive games with at least one sack, because that takes a lot of seasons. Uh, when they hit the number, when they hit 60 straight games. Now, a couple things about that. That is regular season games. You've got to correct that to regular season games because the Steelers did not get a sack in the last time they were in the in the postseason when they played the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're not going to talk about that game, but there was no, they they didn't, their defense didn't get a sack in that game. So it's regular season. That's one. Two, a lot of places are only counting this streak since individual statistics for sacks began in 1983 
But the NFL recorded sacks as a team statistic long before then. So the information about the 69 straight games from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which dates back, I think it starts in the late 90s and went to early 2000s um, was when that streak was. That's not the longest in NFL history because the Detroit Lions have actually had a longer streak. I'm pretty sure that number, I'm going to say it's 76 straight games, and it was from 1960 to 1965. And I've said this several times. So for those of you getting that information, they're kind of – I don't know if they're just ignoring that, if they're saying it can't count because sacks weren't official before that. Um, To me, if if a team did it, a team did it. So kudos to the Lions back in the 60s. So the Steelers are technically tied for fifth. They could move into a tie for fourth if they can get a sack whenever the game may be against the Tennessee Titans. So that's some very good, interesting numbers from the game. Um, I want to roll into it a little bit right now. What I what I really want to talk about is a couple of the questions that were posed to me before I really get into the heart of what we're talking about, which is some interesting stuff looking forward with. It's still going to look at what the Steelers have done this season, but it's also going to compare it to their opponent coming up in, in the Tennessee Titans. But I was asked a couple a couple questions. The first one, I don't have a really great answer for this. I'm going to do my best because other, other than going and going in game by game and compiling it myself, which I just didn't have the time for this one, this time was asked, I was asked by um, one of the, one of the contrib- who's contributed behind the steel curtain um, occasionally, uh, Thaddeus Kennedy. Uh, he's often in the live chats of our, of our podcast on YouTube. He asked the question about how's Dustin Colquitt stacking up to Jordan Berry. The Steelers went out, signed a different punter, got him in here, uh, released Jordan Berry, and wants to know, you know, is he really panning out in the same way? And that's really difficult to tell from a statistics standpoint, because one of the things that unfortunately with the database I'm looking at, they're not keeping track of punts down inside the 20. But when you also look at punts down inside the 20, the pro- there's another problem with that. And that problem is that's all about being in that situation to actually do it. That's all about the team setting you up to punt inside the 20. You could have, you know, you could have an 85-yard punt that ends in a touchback. You could have a 32-yard punt that land- ends up inside the 20, all based, you know, on your field position. So that's that's kind of a tough one, too. So the best thing to really look at is yards per punt. But once again, if you're trying to squeeze it inside the 20, that's that's another one that's that's difficult uh, to look at. And honestly, they're not all that far off between between each other. So to look at it real quick, Jordan Berry in his career in Pittsburgh had a career average of 44.2 yards per punt. And his longest punt was of 79 yards in his first year in Pittsburgh in 2015. If we want to look just at last season, Barry actually had a little bit better average, often because he had more room to room to punt because the Steelers' offense wasn't moving the ball as much. He had a little bit more room where he didn't have to worry about the end zone as much. Um, but in his in his um, I must say the wrong number in his seventy four punts that he had in two thousand nineteen, his average was forty five point five yards. So how does that stack up with uh, with Dustin Colquitt? Well, it's very simple. Dustin Colquitt is not quite the same. He's got an average of 43.8. So you're talking 
the a, a very slight difference. And his longest punt so far has for the Steelers has been 59 yards. Now he's punted 13 times. So probably need a little bit more of a sample size to start to figure that one out and to dive into it more where you're talking about punts inside the 20. The so when it really comes to the number, he's slightly less than what Barry was. Um, and he's all actually slightly less than what he's been over his career, uh, Colquitt. He has a career average of 44.8. So, but we'll see how it all ends up panning out with with the Steelers when it really all comes down to it. The big difference is he is a much lower salary cap number than Jordan Barry. Uh, the salary cap number for, for Colquitt for this season is uh, $750,000, where Barry was, I think, right around 1.5. I'm not sure. I'd have to I'd have to look at – I mean, I'd have to try to go back and find it because he's not on the Steelers list anymore with it. And um, so that right there was probably just as much as anything was the savings towards the salary cap. But I do have one other question that I've got to answer here quickly. And this question actually came to me from former BTSC podcaster, Lance Williams. Uh, Shout out to Lance. I hope Lance is doing well. I know he had some stuff going on. So uh, Lance, if you're listening, um, stay safe, stay healthy, my friend. He wanted to know about the Steelers on offense, how many drives they've had going three and out this year. Versus how many times they've held their opponents to going three and out so far this season. And it's actually quite interesting here. Um, I broke it down by game and then just did it as a total. So the Steelers offense in three games have had, I I, got to, I got to do a little disclaimer. Oh, I set you up and I was right there on the edge. And, but before I said it for you. When I went through and did this, I, first of all, any drive that was, that was just a kneel down, didn't count, threw it out. Now drives that the Steelers ran offensive plays and then knelt on the ball, those counted. You know, if, uh, if the drive consisted only of a kneel down, either the Steelers or their opponent out, out the window. What I looked at was drives in which the other team achieved a first down because if a team turns the ball over before they even get a chance to punt, why should that not count against against them? What if a team gets a turnover? Look, look at the Steelers' second defensive drive, meaning the second drive against them in the season. They did not give up. Actually, they 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 moved the ball backwards. There was negative yardage by the by the Giants on that on that drive. Um, but it didn't end in a punt, but it didn't achieve any first downs. So this is basically looking at drives where there was no first downs. Now, then I know someone might say, well, what, what about that one play 84 yard drive that was a touchdown pass to chase Claypool statistically, in case you didn't know this, you'll know this now, a touchdown is also a first down. So this past week when the, when the Steelers only gave up one first down rushing, that was the rushing touchdown. Um, there was no other first downs that were achieved via the run um, in week three against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now I'll let you know. So the number of drives the Steelers offense has had where they did not achieve a first down, which also includes that Benny Snell fumble in week two, is 11. 
There's been 11 drives where they did not achieve a first down. 11 out of 31 eligible drives. So that means 35.5% of the Steelers' drives, they do not get a first down. But when it comes to their opponents, they've held them to not achieving a first down on 13 drives, 13 out of 32. So they're holding them 40.6% of the time, percent of the time, the Steelers are holding their opponent from getting a first down in their drive. And what's crazy is those numbers are where they're a little bit off is let's week one against the Giants, the Steelers had um this is defensively, had five drives where the Giants got first downs and five drives where they didn't. Last week against the Texans, there was only four drives where the Texans got first downs and six where they didn't. If if the Texans got first down, they scored on all but one of those drives and the other one ended in interception. Everything else was three and out. When you're real, that's insane when you think about that. The majority of the Texans drives ended without a first down um, in week three. The one that skews everything off a little bit is the Broncos had 10 drives with first downs and only two that were three and outs. But at least three of those 10 drives, they got one first down. You know, some of these were even on penalties and stuff um, and then still had to punt. So even though, so they, they it kind of skews the numbers a little bit, but no, notice how the penalties make a major difference. Low penalties in week one, pretty much an even split. Low penalties in week three, more three and outs than drives with first downs. Lots of penalties in week two, lots of drives with first downs, hardly any three and outs that the defense did. So I thought that was some pretty interesting numbers. Now the Steelers offense, they need to get a little bit better at this. They need to make sure that they don't, you know, they're, they've had, um, what is it? Three drives the first week that they did not get a first down. Um, four drives in week two and four drives in week three. So let's maybe see if they can work on getting that number now. So we're going to take a very quick break here and we're going to take, you know, commercial break, going to come back. We're going to focus here on the Tennessee Titans and we're going to talk about how this script has been completely flipped in my mind on what to expect out of this game has nothing to do with the game being postponed. It just has to do with the way these teams are playing. So we'll be back here right after this. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back from the break with Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor behind the Steel Curtain, ready to talk some numbers about this upcoming matchup. I still don't know what day it is yet. Maybe, maybe we know yet. Maybe we have a time. Maybe we have a place. Well, we don't have a place. Maybe we have a channel um, to know what's going on with this game by the time you're listening. But at the time this is being recorded, we do not. But we're going to keep going with this. We're going to run with it. When I did my predictions for the beginning of the year, this was right after the schedule was released. We did we did a prediction show uh, on our schedule release show on YouTube for Behind the Steel Curtain. I had the Steelers going twelve and four, but more importantly, I had this three and zero start projected. I thought the Steelers would start three and zero. Now, what's crazy is some of the times 
I got a little bit nervous because we just looked at the matchups and didn't look at you know what the other teams were doing coming off those weeks. Like, man, I didn't even realize at the time I made the prediction that the Texans were coming off having to play the Chiefs and the Ravens and then go to Pittsburgh. That was crazy. So that kind of got me a little bit thinking with what I did with that. But I had the Steelers getting their first loss of the season by having to travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Now, remember, at the time I made this prediction, what had we seen from Tennessee? We were What was the most fresh in our minds from the NFL and the Tennessee Titans is what they did in the playoffs and the way that they ran over the Baltimore Ravens in, in the second week. And, you know, and just they ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. And my biggest concern was Steelers, defense, good, great. Great defense. Weakness of the defense? Stopping the run. In 2019, I, I, I'm just looking back purely at the numbers and at the rankings. The Steelers were the third best team in the NFL when it came to, to when it came to defending the pass. You know, this is giving up passing yards. But they were middle of the road. They were 14th when it came to the run. It's not like the Steelers' strength was stopping the run. So when you look at Tennessee coming in, you know, during the regular season, they, they were the, they were third in the league in rushing and seeing what they did in the playoffs, that was going to be the narrative coming into this game. Can the Steelers rushing defense stop that amazing attack of the Tennessee Titans on the ground? But the script has flipped because this is a whole new year. And yes, the Tennessee Titans still have Derrick Henry. And yes, Derrick Henry right now is leading the NFL in rushing. But beyond him, that's not it, it, it's not much beyond him. Like, for example, the Tennessee Titans, I have to, I, I gotta make sure I have this right. They they are have rushed for 387 yards. But out of those 387 yards, 319 of them belong to Derrick Henry. So he basically is their rushing attack. And he's, yes, he's leading the league just like he led the league last year. But he's their whole rushing game. So let's look at it more from a whole perspective. First of all, it's more than just Derrick Henry. This is going to be the best offensive line that the Steelers have played yet in 2020. I know I don't always trust these. I don't like some of the scores for the Steelers, but the, the best way to look at offensive linemen, especially with a with the three-game sample size, it's hard to look at, you know, sacks given up and rushing. We'll, we'll look at some of that. We all get the sacks, but we'll look at rushing yards and everything. But if you just look at, at, at the PFF grades, I went in, I don't have team grades. I have individual grades that I, that I can look at. And what I did was I took every eligible offensive lineman, meaning they had enough snaps where they actually ended up in the rank, took their score, and I averaged those scores for each team that the Steelers have already faced this year and, and for the Titans they have coming up. Um, not surprising, the offensive lines have gotten better, believe it or not, as the Steelers have gone throughout the um, season. Uh, the Texans aren't known for an offensive line. Uh, but Larry Tunsil's very high score kind of kind of brings them up a little bit. For for example, the average score for the Giants 
offensive line is 55.8 is their average grade. Then the Broncos was 61.4. Then the Texans was 61.6. The Titans are at 64. So point zero. So they're supposedly the better offensive line that the Steelers have, have faced. Now we still don't know the status of um, Tyler Lewan, their left tackle. We'll see how that comes um, throughout the week. But just so you know, how do the Titans compare? Well, they're basically right there with the Steelers. The Titans are 64.0. The Steelers are 63.8. So they are going to be the best offensive line that they, that they face, but it's not like they are blowing everyone out of the water. But the reason I say that this script is completely flipped is because last year, Tennessee was third in the league in rushing. But this year, right now, after three games, even though they have the league's leading rusher, as a team, the Tennessee Titans are 13th in the NFL. That's behind the Steelers. The Steelers are 10th in the NFL in rushing. Now, you also got to remember that the Steelers are the only team in the NFL that's had a 100-yard rusher in every game so far this season. So uh, the, the Titans can't say that because their Henry, um, I think it was week two, he did not know. Yeah, week two against Jacksonville, he only rushed for 84 yards. But here's what's crazy. Here's what's, what's interesting. The, the, those 100-yard rushers for the Steelers, and you'll see this number come into play later, neither one of them hit 20 carries. Derrick Henry's low for the season was in week two where he had 25 carries, 25 rushing attempts. He had 25 in week two, 26 in week three, 31 in week one. So the reason he's getting all these yards is he is in attempts. He is, of course, leading the league in rushing attempts so far in 2020, which then goes to say, well, how effective are they with their running? So let's let's look at um, um, yards per attempt. Yards per attempt, remember, the Steelers are 10th in rushing in the NFL. They're 11th in yards per attempt. Okay, so that's right around the same. Tennessee, 13th in rushing, 27th in yards per attempt in the rushing game. So the the Titans might be getting a lot of yards, but they aren't being overly efficient with it. Because what's crazy is if you turn around and look at where they rank in the passing game, the Titans are actually 11th in the league in passing. So they are higher ranked in the passing department than they are in the rushing department. That's not one I saw coming. And the Steelers are lower ranked. They're 17th. Um, but when the Steelers are – the Tennessee's had to come back a lot in, in a lot of these games. They had to throw the ball a lot. Where the Steelers, um, even though they did have to come back against the Texans, um, it wasn't like they are having to come back multiple scores late in the game. So they they were able to, to keep a very balanced attack. Um, when it comes, but the other thing that's very close between these two teams is uh, QBR, team QBR, which it's been the same quarterback for both teams in all three games. Where Tennessee is tenth in the league at one hundred five point eight, and Pittsburgh is eleventh at one hundred five point two. So quarterback play is very very equal in, in this matchup. But I was expecting these Tennessee Titans to be like running over everybody in the league, which you could say by looking at Derrick Henry and leading the league in rushing. But I mean, 27th in the league in yards per attempt, that's not the strength that I thought I was going to be seeing from the Titans. Now look at the defense and the Steelers' defense. Um, how about first against the run in rushing yards, first against the, the run in yards per attempt, only giving up 2.66 yards per attempt? 
There it is. What I thought was the Steelers' weakness is their strength. And what I thought was going to be Tennessee's strength, it's not that it's not. It's just not as much as the strength as I thought it was going to be. This has completely turned it around. So this isn't about can the Steelers' defense stop the stop the Titans' rushing attack. The question is going to be, can the Titans' rushing attack do something against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I mean, in their three games so far this season, the Steelers have given up two of them. They've only given up 29 rushing yards. Now, the Steelers did give up 104 yards rushing against the Broncos, but it wasn't a 100-yard rusher. Um, so that's where they sit. They're, they've, they have done very well against the, the teams that they have faced that that were that have gone up against them running the ball this year. So the Steelers are first in the league in defending the run. Now when it comes to the pass, the Steelers are ranked 12th in the league. And in opposing teams QBR, they are 7th, um where it's um 84.6 is that QBR. But this is something that surprised me when it came to the Titans defense. They are 29th in the league against against the run and giving up rushing yards and they are dead last 32nd in the NFL in yards per attempt given up on defense so it looks like last year the Steelers couldn't run the ball very well this year they're running it much better Tennessee not a very good run defense so what I thought was going to be one team's strength in running versus another team's weakness in stopping the run Flip the teams. That's how the script is flipped again. The Steelers are running the ball well. The, the Titans can't stop the run. Just to round everything out, uh, Tennessee's 23rd against the pass and, and 15th in opposing QBR. So Tennessee doesn't have that strong defense. I should know. I have them in fantasy football, and they have not been doing anything for me. Luckily, I have Patrick Mahomes so, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so none of that really matters. So... <laughs> This is not what I expected going into this matchup. Now, does it mean the Steelers are going to be victorious? Not necessarily. Do we even know when this game's going to be played? No, we don't. Do I really want this game to take place in week four? Absolutely. I don't want it to have to get pushed back to where, you know, they're playing in week seven and the Ravens game gets bumped to week eight and this is their bye week. That doesn't work as well for the players. So let's get this game going and let's, this is going to be a real test to this defense. They're going to go, going up against the best offensive line they've seen and the NFL's leading rusher, but they aren't running all that efficiently. So let's see if the Steelers can come, can keep stopping the run this week, which is something that I was completely worried about before. So if you want to know my prediction for the game now, because remember, I picked the Steelers to lose when the schedule first came out. You're going to have to tune in tonight if you wanted to catch it live on YouTube, or it'll be available on Friday, the Steelers preview, when we will preview the upcoming game and we will give our predictions. So I hope you enjoyed these numbers. I mean, I'm sorry. I did not expect the Tennessee Titans to be dead last in yards give yards per attempt um, so far this season. Um defensively. So we'll see. So now we got now we've got different things where it's Steelers strengths going up against 
I don't know with Tennessee makes for a very great and intriguing matchup. So hopefully we'll get to enjoy this game here before too long. Make sure you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got breaking news. We've got commentary. We've got talking about statistics and stuff there. You name it, we have it. You're talking, you know, double-digit articles every day, usually more, um, all pertaining uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, of course, multiple authors. So you've got, you know, there's a little something for everybody. Then, of course, if you're listening now in in podcast form, please just wherever you listen, go in and, you know, give us that five-star rating or, or however the system works, wherever you're listening to it. We really appreciate that. That's, that is if you like what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, you can give us a bad rating. But uh, more importantly, give us a rating. Rather than just sit back and just listen, go ahead. You know, it, it takes takes two seconds to just decide to go ahead and say, this is what I think of this. So I wanted to thank you very much for taking the time with me today. Make sure you're checking all this out. I don't know what our podcast schedule is going to look like um, in here over the next five or six days because the Steelers and the NFL, yeah, the NFL, the Steelers have to hear it from them as well, has to announce when this game is is being played. Um, hopefully maybe by the time you're listening to this, you even know the answer to that and we will be adjusting our podcast accordingly, but thank you very much for tuning in with me on this lovely Thursday morning. And most importantly, thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you